Botswana community. We are back with our weekly show. We did go missing for a week or so, but we are now back and ready to rumble. Mr. Quinn, how are you, sir? Welcome back to the show. Wonderful to be back. Thank you for that nice introduction there, Ahmed. Uh, yes, I did go AWOL. I was in Europe for a couple of weeks. So, but lovely to be back. We can keep rolling on, dropping the weekly pods. So, let's crack on. Thank you for having me on again. Absolute pleasure, sir. You've got the latest and the greatest. You've attended many conferences over the last few weeks, all sports tech related. What is going on? What's new, buddy? One of the interesting things, and you know what, it's a good way to start anyway about what I've learned and absorbed over the last couple of weeks being away. Uh, one of the major things that some of the interesting learnings is uh, learning a lot about over-the-top over networks, OTT networks, just uh, sporting networks especially. Um, obviously, Europe is OTT focused, not something we have a lot in Australia. We're pretty wedded to Fox Sports, Foxtel, and you know now we've just got the emergence of KO, and you know people, you know, some people have dipped their toe into purchasing you know, sports packages, you know, such as the NBA League Pass and whatnot. But it's a big uh, Europe, and especially the UK, a lot of positive talk about you know the power of OTT sports networks. That's one of the one, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the key takeaways. Um, <clears throat> Another big key takeaway is uh, your incumbent sports rights holders, excuse me. That's right, mate. Incumbent sports rights holders uh, working with EA Sports, um, especially FIFA, you know, like La Liga, Bundesliga, uh, and so forth, working working with FIFA to be able to have that strong alignment between governing body, clubs, and the video game brand itself to be able to draw in new fans. So a lot of interesting interesting moves, uh, interesting learnings actually about how people are working, how you know, rights holders are working with VA Sports and FIFA to, you know, to, you know, to develop cool FIFA tournaments and work with, you know, and to work with them to build new audiences, to sit alongside as well, not to be a competition, but to be very complimentary. So I think that was a good, good learning experience to be on the ground there to, to see. Awesome. So, and then some other interesting things is that, you know, the Major League Baseball was in London. I was in London at the time. So about what MLB are doing and what their purpose is in London. Okay. What, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, well, they see, I mean, like, the, like Major League Baseball, like the NFL, like the NBA. Yeah. They, these are very American or North Americans, uh, North American leagues that are not sitting within that market anymore. They will, they take games, they take, you know, league games, well, not even just preseason games, they'll take them out to, you know, they'll go out to England, they'll go out to France, they'll take these games out there anyway just to, I guess, get fans, you know, to, you know bring, to build that fan base, to build and strengthen that fan base in, in these uh, core key markets, um, Major League Baseball, they're there too. I mean, it's, a, it's a, at the moment, it's initial two-year plan. Uh, it's initial two-year plan. They did take some marquee games out there with Boston Red Sox playing the New York Yankees over two days. 
uh, it's establishment, establishment. Get be, to be on the ground in, the, in a non-traditional market as such, but establish your presence there. It's working for the NFL. They've been doing it for a number of years now. Major League Baseball wanted to do the same thing, is to have a strengthened European base. Very nice. Something different. Why not? I think I think it's uh, it's going to happen everywhere. You know, the NBA will will always be looking at. You know, the NBA going to be taking some preseason games out to India. They will take some preseason games out to. Are they taking an elite? I think they're taking a league game out to France as well next year. So there's no, and they've even done it in Mexico City. So no longer these some of these leagues, especially it's North American leagues, especially. No longer do they stay in their domestic markets to play these matches. And so you're going to start seeing a globalization of, of just domestic leagues. Wow. There you go. Great way to grow their fan I, base. So now, should we then, let's, should we start rocking and rolling about some interesting things? Should we look at some, should we look at some sports tech news for the week? Or even stuff that even relates to sports tech? Yep. Hit me. Okay, you know what, and I want your opinion on this based on your background, everything, your background, your work, your experience, everything you do, right? Okay. Uh, and this is related to Australia and Instagram only. <laughs> Australian Instagram users won't be able to see how many likes other posts receive in a, in a trial. Yeah. In a trial that was first rolled out in Canada, but now they're trialing in Australia where we, where general users will be able to see how many likes other posts receive. Yeah. So therefore, it takes that whole, you know, you, you lose that kind of vanity metric about what posts are in what lacks. Interesting move, but I also want to get your take on it, based on your experience, especially in digital marketing and social media marketing and so forth. What do you think of that? And then we'll try and tie that stuff back into sports. Well, there's there's a few things. The yeah, I think that whole move was really to tame influencers. Um, and all these fake likes and bots that are going out that, that are going out there, so on, so on. Now, naturally, naturally, when you're scrolling through a feed and you see a post that's got thousands of likes, there's always that in- intriguing factor. Why? So you stop, you read, so on, so on. Instagram doesn't want that because they're so, they've had issues with bots, they've had issues with fake likes, they've had issues with uh, influencers just buying likes. So on, so on. So they were, yeah. they were really starting to lose that validity that th- that they were actually built for. And also, like so many of these influencers would go buy likes and then go charge SMBs and startups thousands of dollars to push their brands through them. And really, they don't have much much engagement. It's all bought. Everything's been purchased. It's a whole cycle. Yeah. You pay them, they buy likes, they buy followers, and so on, so on, so on. What this does is. It gets rid of that to a certain extent, um, and yeah, yeah. it really makes the Instagram content creator work harder to, to provide valid, uh, more useful, educational, resourceful content, or just you know, content that's of interest to them. That's 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 yeah, and get, actually engaging content. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my five cents. Excellent. No, thank you for that, and that. Now, to relate that to the sports realm is that, I, I, well, a lot of sports clubs, your elite sports clubs, uh, even um, those that aggregate sporting content, 
I think it probably more relates to those that aggregate is that it's about, I mean, at least it, it means that it, quality content, quality production, quality development is, is key to all of this. Absolutely. So therefore, uh, what, therefore, it's, therefore your, your, your clubs or your brands and stuff like that, it's, your clubs, your elite clubs, even your community-based clubs as well as that. You know, quality, quality production, quality engagement still rules all, despite what any, any can take away any vanity from it. And it means that they still have to actually produce best. I don't mind the move. I think it's fine. And you still, be able, you still have the correct metrics, to, you know, back-end metrics to be able to back up what you're thinking anyway. So I think it's, uh, I just tried to, I wanted to bring that in, even though into the sporting realm, which is uh, an interesting bit of, interesting bit of Australian stuff to lead off for the week. Yeah, I mean, um, even though like, to be honest with you, we're, we're in a market where it doesn't matter how good your quality is, doesn't matter what kind of content you create, it's who you're creating it for. That's the most important thing. If you're, if, yeah. because there's an audience out there that doesn't like things that are too, too formal. They like raw footage, right? And there's an audience out there that that likes quality production, you know, the uh, the yada yadas, you know, everything. So I think yeah. it's it's time for these content creators to start learning more about their their audiences. And creating different types of content for, for different audiences, because there, there's no one there's no one product one product fits all or one style fits all. We're in a very complicated market. Yeah. It's not that simple anymore. It's really really complicated. Unless you can get through this this noise, you there, there's going to be some sad sad stories. And you, you were speaking of, of, of production before and, and sports and so NBA pass and so on. Mate, I can promise you, you give it four or five years and I'm willing to go on the record here, you will see okay. the codes, almost every single major code will have their own streaming service. Yeah, as we've, been, as we've discussed, yeah. as we've discussed in yeah. past episodes, they'll bring that stuff in-house. The channels become biased channels become so vital to they have to. their own voice and yeah they have to uh, they have to their own in-house I mean a lot of European European clubs have gone their own in-house production uh, in-house production in-house over the top um, route at the moment so oh, of course it, of course it's going to happen yeah like this does play into it this does yeah like like Liverpool or last I think earlier this yeah. week they released a, a, a in-training video series of them now in pre-season training, right? He's not going to release that. Fox is not going to release that. Optus is not going to release that. Right? Uh, the only ones that are going to do that is them. So that's the content yeah. that fans want to see. The games, of course, we all want to see the games. But also this stuff behind the scenes that, you know, they're going to start creating more of that. They're going to formalize it. They're, they're going to push it more. And they'll just have enough content just just to push out all, all year round very very soon. It's just that's just the nature of the game. Yeah. Good. It's good. We're seeing it now, and it'll and yeah, it'll, it'll keep continuing, keep um, staying in house as well, where clubs have the advantage because they have access to all of this all year round. So imagine this, right? 
Imagine this. Okay. All right. So now there's eyeballs getting taken away from these media outlets, right? Yep. And now these clubs are getting the eyeballs of their supporters and fans. More, more time, more, more eyeballs, or more, more engagement. I should say, right? What's that going to do to the to the advertising market? They, your brands will go straight to the clubs rather than the intermediary. Okay. What's that going to do to the to the to the actual channels? The actual channels, well, media yeah, If advertising revenues, yeah, the or the advertising revenues, the lifeblood of of obtaining sporting rights, well, well, less advertising revenue, less money to put forward for for key or key or core sporting rights. So what what we're going to see is we're we're going to see a a trickle effect. These major outlets are going to struggle. They're going to have to earn every single dollar they ask for. And you know what? It's it's already started. There's there's news channels, there's media outlets in this country right now that have got startup packages. You would not have ever ever heard of this before, five or ten years ago. Right, yeah, so right. so it's there's going to be some really really disastrous endings. So interesting, interesting. If we are only talking if if a lot of the incumbents don't do not adapt. Uh, so to to not make it sound all doom and gloom, if they uh, if they adapt, then you know if they adapt, then but they're naturally going to lose revenue. They're, they're, they're naturally going to lose revenue. They will, yes. It's, it's going to happen. Sorry? It's the adaptation that will be the interesting thing to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll stop, we'll, uh, yeah. So, yeah, basically, that's, that's, that's my spill on things. All right. We should, should I keep running, keep running through? Actually, you know what? This is a good segue to the next thing in regards to the brief little snippet of stuff, and it does relate to over-the-top surfaces too, and streaming. Uh, it's a slight little segue, and it uh, relates to the Cricket World Cup. Yeah. Uh, you know, the top service, yeah, if you ever heard of the Indian over-the-top surface, hot stuff, right? it's a streaming service. They stream, they stream cricket yep. into, in India, yep. uh, and they've been continually breaking records. There actually is an excellent article about the back end of of this um, over the top service. So, but just for the major news is that during India versus New Zealand's World Cup semi final, um, well, re, that recently was recently played, which New Zealand won, the service hit twenty five, it kicked over twenty five million concurrent viewers for this particular match. Twenty five million concurrent streams of this match. Wow, mind-boggling number. Can't can't even. Uh, what the rec- hell? I mean, twenty-five million concurrent streams uh, and hot start being at their back and being able to handle this. Jeez. At the same time, yeah, yeah, I know. Let's let that one sink in. Now we're talking about you know the power of over the top. Actually, it does relate back to the whole thing. But twenty-five million. I can't even. I can't even fathom this. I think I just wanted to just say it out loud. Imagine they're stacked. I can't fathom it. Imagine they're texting. Yeah. 
there is an Exxon piece. Well, I mean, because they, they, there was a, they, um, when they hit the record of, I think, 10 or 11 million concurrent streams, there were some geeks about how they've been able to have, how the back end is, is developed to be able to handle so much, so much traffic, unimaginable amount of traffic. But now, you know, we're talking more than a doubling of it. That's phenomenal. Absolutely. It's all up, isn't it? Absolutely. 25 million. Wow. Multiple people at the same time, you know, cricket mad India, of course. I think it blows my mind. Most definitely, man. I mean, they're crazy numbers. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, all right, right. Put it, what, what let's put it like this. It's the whole of Australia watching cricket. Whole of Australia, yeah. Yep. It's all streaming from the one service at the same time. <laughs> I, I wonder, uh, I mean, hey, what if it was Australia? I mean, one out of uh, thousands of us would, would actually even get a good stream. Most of the time would be lagging, getting errors. So whole of Australia streaming one sporting event at the same time. Yeah. Insane. Moving on. Uh, US, this is a big one. This is actually a big one. It could be a potential change uh, worldwide and even Australia. That perform well known sports data, sports data, sports content company perform have merged with US sports data company Stat to create pretty much the biggest AI powered sports data platform. What, where that is potentially a game changer is that. If two major sports data companies have come together to develop a platform where pretty much much news and research and even video content, even betting con, betting betting data is all power, is all AI powered. So, well, is so it's all AI. So it's all so it's pretty essentially AI powered, scalable. Um, how I mean, how to for other sports news and sports data companies to compete against it is going to be quick very tricky against such a, a scalable, powerful merged entity. Good luck. Good yeah, luck. That's good, all good I can luck. say. Performer, so, I mean, Stats and Performer are two of the biggest sports data companies in the world. Now, now to develop something that will essentially develop, essentially it's a signal that they're going to own the space in sports data, sports research, um, uh, Hey, you won't, you don't need the human element now when you have when you have one of the most powerful powerful entities, sports entities joining forces as such. Interesting thing anyway. It will have ramifications in Australia as well because especially perform does have a big presence in Australia. Very nice. Let's see how it pans out. But for just I thought let's just put that one up there and just see how that goes. And um just looking through if I've got anything else interesting that might be related to Australia for the week as I just as I just get back into the swing of things here. Um, uh, yeah, I mean just I guess you know we'll just throw it out there. This is the final thing to throw it out there that uh, it's not Australia related, but uh, a lot of your major European clubs have been swapping video, their video game rights between um, from EA Sports to Konami over the last few weeks. So Liverpool, so what that means is that, you know, you always have an official video game partner. Liverpool have now gone with, they've now swapped to EA Sports to be able to exploit the, exploit the club and the brand and the assets and even the, um, the player's image rights across EA Sports. Whereas, you know, something like, you know, where's Manchester United have gone the other way? Um, 
Uh, I think that's a nice little tie around back to back to the start again. Anyway, thought I just dropped that one in. Is that that's, some reason that's that comes in now where a lot of clubs are now re-signing up a lot of their video game rights licenses? Ah, must be a few more options around. Um, I think it's. I think what that just says, and I think it's the only thing I like. Just you know, the reason why I'm just bringing that up. I think it's. Uh, it's something that a lot of um, clubs have been doing very much over the years, but I think clubs strategically want to make a big, a big point of exploiting their video game partnerships because you can do excellent, you can do excellent content. You can actually tie in the gaming aspects. You see a lot of interesting social media-led content from these clubs as they, as they actually renew their partnerships or change change video game partners. You know, like Bayern Munich, PSG, Manchester United, UEFA, they they do change periodically. It's actually one of the big things when it hurts. Mm. So when it's funny because you know, like you get all like if you ever play Pro Evolution soccer anyway, where you get the slightly altered names and the club names yeah. and stuff like that, where it's people you have the you have most of the official names and stadiums and the likenesses. It, when that changes, it's always been the shift, and it's always been the shift. But it's how these clubs then begin to exploit these is of interest, and I think it becomes more important, especially when you talk about the, the joining up of the gaming aspects, the video gaming aspects, to the um, on-field and the traditional sporting aspects. It's going to be interesting to see how, how it all pans oh, out. Oh, it is. Yeah, let's see how everything it, see is how always are. interesting. Okay, it's always it's always interesting to see how it keeps developing and changing, and how clubs keep how clubs or sporting rights holders everything that keeps changing over time. It's you know nothing's ever it's never a static thing. That's why it's great when we talk. It's yeah. never a static thing. It's always like having, it's it's always a big shape shifting bit of industry. Those days are gone, right? Those days are gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's six months is that's why it's interesting. Is a lifetime. That's why absolutely it is. So wow. that's, that's that's me that's me down for the week. It's, so you know, after the radio silence for a couple of weeks, it's good to come in and do another one. So yeah, we're back on board as per usual. So we've got to keep doing this again. I'll have to dial in again, hey? Always longer episode this one, but we had a lot to catch up on. So always good, always good to hear from you, well, Mr. Clint. Thank you so much for having me on. Always a pleasure. We shall chat next week. Take care. That's all from us. Peace out. Sports Finder World, community, family. You, you, you know we love you all. Take care.